Hi, and welcome to episode 39 of No Crying in Baseball, Jumbotron episode. My name is Patty. I've had the best baseball weekend of my life, except for I'm without Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, where are you? You're not going to believe this. This is so fucking ironic. It's not even funny. I'm coming at you via Skype from New York City, land that I love. Here I am in a New York City apartment. So I just want to say that as our friend Alfredo Alvarez predicted last week that uh, the Yankees did win that series that we were talking about. A thank you again to Alfredo. And I have to admit that he was right. Severino is now the new daddy of the Red Sox, except for for your boyfriend, um, Benatendi. Benatendi can hit Severino. Apparently nobody else can. And Price cannot handle the Yankees. So that did not go well. I was hoping... Alfredo was right. And to get me out of the pain a little bit, I got to see the Red Sox sweep the Nats. I've got to admit, that was pretty sweet. The best part of it was the the first night of the series, I went with my beloved brother-in-law and my husband, and it was looking pretty good. But there were two outs, and Scherzer walks Jackie Bradley Jr. to load the bases. And the the Red Sox fans, and they were numerous, we were numerous in the stands, they go crazy booing because we don't understand this National League stuff in general. And Porcello, he walked ABJ to get to Porcello, the pitcher, is up, and he clears the bases with a double. He was going into that with a 0-0-0 average. He came out of it with a 1.000 average. It was pretty impressive. So it, it lifted my spirits a little bit after that letdown from the Sox-Yankees series. And I, I just wanted to say one more thing on my way up to the apartment. Because I have a little bit of Red Sox bling on me, I ran into a couple of conversations with some Yankees fans, some very nice people. But apparently that things were pretty heated around here in New York City last weekend when the Red Sox were in town. Maybe I should just leave it at that. Were those conversations bench-clearing conversations? You know, they were actually really nice, a little bit like our conversation with Alfredo last week. I, I have a lot of respect for Yankees fans. There's something about that devotion, that integrity. And these two guys said that they would give the podcast a listen, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we have some new friends out there. But it can be really fun. I mean, that's what it's all about. you got to just sort of get into it from where you come from and take advantage of those opportunities. Well, even without you, and I've been missing you terribly, Potty Mouth, I still had the best baseball weekend of my life. And part of it is what you were just talking about. When you're at a baseball game and you get a chance to talk to people you don't necessarily normally run into, I had my gang with me, my my, my daughter and a couple of her friends, my so teenagers on one side of me. And then at last night's game, I had a couple sit down on the other side of me. They were in their 70s. They were celebrating their 34th wedding anniversary at a Nats game. So we loved that. So we all celebrated with them. The um, the man was a, a 20-year vet of umpiring high school games. So I'm talking to him about umpiring high school games. I turn around and talk to the teenagers and I say, I hate the shift. And one of them says, I love the shift. And we talk about that and we move on. And like everybody's like having a thing and we're all in it together. And I really felt like Section 408 was sort of sort of my people. Oh, I'm so sad that I missed it. I wonder, did, did the 34th anniversary people have our seats? No, I was actually sitting in your seat because uh, Cam's friends were uh, were with us. So they were they would have been oh, next to you. That though. was that one. They would have been next to you. But I was on the jumbotron potty mouth three times in two games. That's crazy. And you've been there before. Like, you know you've what? Had that, some serious jumbotron time. This is a better 
batting average than Porcello had during that game that you were just talking oh, about. Awesome. I'm just saying, right? Because I'm yeah. at like 150%. First, the first night, Friday night, I was picked to do Dinger of the Day, which is one of those sort of novelty games where the guy with the microphone comes up and says, if you can predict who's going to hit a home run, you're going to win a jersey. So, of course, I had to say Juan Soto. And everybody's cheering for Juan Soto. And there were no dingers until a walk-off later on in the game. But every time Juan Soto came up, the whole Section 408 around was like, come on, come on, because they wanted me to win. It was so much fun. We were all together. so cool. And wait, can can you just tell me how did you get picked? I saw the the footage. I saw your post, but how did you get that? The folks who do the stuff came upstairs and they looked around and I was getting into the music. I was having a good time and your seat next to me was empty. So there was a oh. place for a mic with the microphone to sit down and talk to me. So thank you for that potty mouth. So, All right, so it's kind of cosmic that I wasn't there then. A little bit, a little bit, but then last night I got to be on the actual field on the grass at Nats Park with my pals for the national anthem. It wasn't just us. There were a hundred of us. It was one of those, like, you know, rookie season pass holder things. And they, of course, panned the crowd. And there I was on Jumbotron again. And we were just in awe. We got to go up the tunnel and walk out onto the field and kind of see the view that the players see when they come through the tunnel. And it was freaking amazing. That is so cool. And I wish you had been there with me. And the last time I wish you had been there with me was when Jumbotron caught me during the the seventh inning stretch, dancing like a crazy person. And the teenagers would not support me in this. So it was just me. And I know if you were there, there would have been some some dancing. I would have had a dancing pal. Wait, I didn't see pictures of that part. I just saw the dinger pictures. Did anybody get actual evidence of you dancing on the Jumbotron? It was too fast. You'll just have to believe me when I tell uh, you that it's true. But all of those things would have been better if Potty Mouth and Mr. Potty Mouth were there. I am so sad to have missed it. But here I am, not only in New York City, but leaving my offspring here. It's such a weird feeling to be dropping off my kid in Manhattan So much to say about Yankees, Red Sox, Nationals this week. I want to spread my wings a little bit and go back to one of my favorite boyfriends, Yadier Merlina, catcher of the St. Louis Cardinals. And I want to say again, he is not a motherfucker, not once, not twice. And the Diamondbacks manager, Tori Lavulo, apologized again this week. So a a few episodes back, I think it's titled something about my boyfriend is not a mofo. We talked about a little bit of a, a alleged insult, probably su- substantiated insult that Lavolo said to Yadier Molina. He apologized this week when the Cardinals were at the Diamondbacks and Molina responded by hitting a home run. So Molina is now at 13 home runs. He's leading the National League catchers in home runs and he missed a month because of getting nailed in the nuts by a 100 mile an hour foul tip. And he still has the high, his highest average and his highest on-base percentage plus slugging since 2013. Beyond that, there is so much good about Molina. He's the fifth Cardinal to reach 1,800 games with the team. The other four of them are all in the Hall of Fame. That's Stan Musial, Lou Brock, Ozzie Smith, and Enos Slaughter. So the question is, will Molina get there? And the more immediate question is, will Molina make the all-star team? He's had eight all-star appearances. We know that, and and actually, listeners, you will know this before me because it's going to be released tonight. He had eight appearances from 09 to 15. He was back in 17, so should he go back this year? These are really good offensive numbers that he has. He's not going to get the fan vote. Your boyfriend, Buster Posey, is looking really good with that, um, competing against Wilson Contreras. 
There was an article, though, in The Athletic saying that his defensive metrics are starting to tank. And one example that they gave is that his throwing out for for catching somebody stealing has really tanked. He's only at 28% of catching the guys, down from his high of 64% in 05. His manager, Matheny, Matt Matheny, is defending him by saying, you know, has something to do with the pitching, so throwing the pitchers under the bus a little bit, and that fewer guys are attempting to steal on Molina because of his average. So I just wanted to put that out there as what do you consider for an all-star? Are the the players going to vote him in? And the last question is, does he care? Because there was a little bit about him, was he shrugging it off, saying, I don't care? And he said, I didn't say that, meaning I didn't say that I don't care. And he's just saying, whatever's going to be will be good for me. So sort of like, it's out there, something's going to happen. He's got his stats there, and he knows he's not a motherfucker. I'll leave it there. (laughs) More all-star boyfriend action right now. There's a boyfriend smackdown on my side of the world here. Javier Baez and Scooter Jeanette are pretty much even money right now for who's going to be in the starting lineup at second base. I don't know who it's going to be, but like Potty Mouth said, listeners will know before we will because it's going to get announced tonight. But I think Baez was really trying to get that last minute vote in because he had this amazing steal of home against the Detroit Tigers. I think he has been cross-training. I don't know how he made his body do what his body did in order to get around the catcher and tag the plate. We are going to post this. I don't know if it was swimming. I don't know if it was gymnastics. But it doesn't seem like it should have been humanly possible. So that's just Javi being Javi, doing his best to get that all-star vote. Yeah, I saw that video. Super impressive. His arm kind of like curves around there. But I've got to say that I have been, and and the voting's over. No more voting, folks. But I've been voting for, had been voting for Scooter constantly just because his numbers are so out of there. Speaking of uh, boyfriends whose numbers are starting to get out of there, I was getting really excited that I was getting lots of points for my fantasy boyfriend baseball, baseball boyfriend. I keep like not being sure which way to go. Fantasy baseball boyfriend league, my nationals boyfriend, Trey Turner, was getting me some serious points this week. On Thursday, I, I, I opened the game, right, to just sort of check out what's going on. I had missed the start, and I saw that the Nats were down first seven to nothing and then nine to nothing, bottom of the fourth, and my tray hits a home run. And I'm thinking, that's really sweet. You know, at least he's getting them on the board. And then, bottom of the seventh, it actually gets to the point where he hits a go-ahead grand slam to put them in the lead. He had eight runs batted in that night. So yay, boyfriend, Trey Turner for me. And that was his very first career grand slam, which surprised me because he's hit for the cycle. He's done a lot of amazing things. And that was his very first grand slam. I didn't even know that. I know. I mean, stealing, he's been like crazy on. The Washington Nationals, when the season started, were so heavily favored to win their division, right? And possibly the World Series. This was going to be the year. The last year they have Bryce Harper. Everyone's saying this is going to be it. And then everything went downhill. This is like the best laid plans going south. Their hitters that they rely on are slumping. Strasburg, Helixson, other pitchers, DL, right? So they're out. So this amazing starting pitcher lineup is gone, coming back. Murphy has surgery on his knee. They thought he was going to be ready for opening day. He wasn't. He's back now, but he's not quite up to 100%. So things weren't looking the way everyone thought they were going to look. And then something happened in May. The Nationals called up two guys 
from the miners who couldn't be more different from each other, Mark Reynolds and Juan Soto. This was not supposed to be Juan Soto's year, right? Victor Robles was the number one prospect. He was going to be the guy that was going to get called up first as soon as they start calling people up from the minors. The new guys, he was going to be the guy. He got hurt, right? We've talked Mm. about Juan Soto a lot. He's this 19-year-old phenom from the Dominican Republic, homered at his first at bat as a national, and he was just named National League Rookie of the Month for June, which is the only full month he's played in the major leagues. So he was... The only bright spot in this terrible month of June for the Nats, when people are slumping, they're hurt, whatever, he is reliable. He's going to get on base. He's going to score runs. He's going to get some RBIs. Last night, he had two RBIs. He scored two runs. Great. He is steady as a rock. He is patient. He's consistent. And he's a young guy who is still learning. The other guy, Mark Reynolds, he's 34. He's not quite twice as old as Juan Soto, but I bet he feels like it when he sees Juan Soto. He's from Kentucky. He went to the University of Virginia. When he was there, he played alongside Ryan Zimmerman, the the face of the franchise for the Nationals. His major league debut was in 2007. I think Juan Soto was maybe eight, nine, right? (laughs) With the Diamondbacks, right? And he since then has played for seven more major league clubs, right? He's a journeyman. He has been around the league. And the Nats signed him to a minor league contract. In April, right? He's been in the majors for years. He got signed to a minor league contract in April. Um, They called him up a week before they called up Soto because Ryan Zimmerman, his buddy, his old teammate, got hurt. So come on up and and fill in for Zim. He hit two home runs in his first game as a Nat, but he's not consistent. He's a really super streaky player. He is either on or he's off. He has led the major leagues in strikeouts four separate seasons. He's also hit some of the longest home runs. Um, he had records at a couple of different ball fields that have since been, you know, uh, overrun, but he had them for a while. Currently, his average home run distance is eight feet longer than the league average. He's also led the league in errors, right? So he's either on or he's off, which explains why he's moved around so much. Like, yeah, you're, you're on a, you know, you're on a hot streak. We're keeping you. Oh, you're going downhill. So he started out strong, just like Soto started out strong, but he wasn't consistent. He even said, Expect me to slump. I'm going to slump. I'm going to strike out a lot, but don't worry. I'm going to come back. And he did. So two nights ago, this is the night after Trey Turner hit his grand slam. Reynolds won game two of the national series with the Marlins with a pinch hit walk-off home run. Last night, he homered off the very first pitch he saw, which means he homered off of two consecutive pitches. Granted, they had a night off in between, but still two consecutive pitches, right? That's got to count for like back-to-back home runs. And then in that same game, trust me when I tell you this is true, he had an RBI double, a two RBI single, a three-run home run, and a two-run single. He had 10 RBIs in one game, tying the team record with my boyfriend, Anthony Rendon. And then they moved him from first base to three base. And we all said, can he still play third base? And he made a spectacular catch as a third baseman. And we said, well, yes, yes, he can. So between this game last night and the game you mentioned about Trey with his eight RBIs on Thursday, this makes the Nationals the only team in history ever to have two players record eight or more RBIs in the same week. It's the first time in six years to have two teammates do it in the same season. And they did it in the same week. So we've got this journeyman ball player who wasn't with the team in April. We've got this teenager who was not with the team in April. They were not the heroes the Nationals were expecting for for this season. But they they weren't even on the radar. But they're our heroes now. And I am grateful to both of them because they are so much fun to watch. 
Yeah, and poor Marlins, right? They're the victims of both of these. But I was amazed to see what Reynolds did after thinking that, oh, Trey Turner's got this with eight RBI. And no, next day, was it the next day? No, two days later that he got the 10. I want to add a little bit about our podcast and what we're doing. We're putting a lot of time into this, uh, about 10 to 12 hours a week, I guess, for me, Patty, and El Jefe to make this podcast. We're loving it. And we're hoping that you listeners out there love it too. And we're excited because we're thinking about doing a lot more stuff. We're, we're doing blog posts. Patty's got some great ones already out there. We're thinking about doing some special edition episodes, some features, especially on our beloved teams like the Nats and the Red Sox and much more. But we need a little bit of help. As much as a quarter an episode, 25 cents or a buck a month is the lowest level that we're looking at that you can support No Crying in Baseball and get special access to these bonus features, extra episodes. Heck, we could even uh, thank you. I said heck. You know, that's not a powdered mouth word. Hell, we might even thank you in an upcoming episode. So check out our Patreon site. It's patreon.com slash nocryinbball. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash no crying and b-ball and you can become one of our very first supporters today you'll find everything you need there to support no crying and baseball and we really appreciate anybody who could check it out one of the other cool things i got to do at the ballpark last night was see the women's baseball world cup trophy it's on tour and their first stop was at nats park last night we'll post some photos i got to see it i got to touch the trophy i'm never going to get to touch a world cup trophy other than that so that was awfully cool but they didn't just send the trophy there were people to talk to and the people i talked to i really enjoyed meggie meidlinger and sarah gascon are are members of the USA national team and have been for years and years. A lot of these women have been there since the mid-2000s. And I talked to them about what it's like being on this team that has such a short season. We've talked about before how Japan, who has won years and years straight, gets their team together earlier. These ladies said that Japan has a year-round team, actually. They play all the time. And they said one of the other differences is in Japan, baseball is the sport. Whereas here, kids, you know, they, they might be playing soccer, they might be playing basketball, they might, they, they have a lot more choices so that everyone is not funneled in. And of course, here, the other problem is girls tend to be funneled to softball, even if they want to play baseball. So there's that issue. Yep. And there's just not organized leagues to kind of support this. So they can, they bring women in for all, all over the country to try out for this, but they haven't been women who have been playing together for a very long time. And some of these women in the, when it's the off season for the national team actually play on men's leagues. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's how they keep their skills sharp because there's not women's leagues for them to play in. A really cool thing that I saw happening with these women there talking to people and the trophy there, they kind of had it near where the gates are, where you come in, the main gates for the park. People would just stop in their tracks and say, hey, what's that? I've never heard of that. I didn't know that existed. And so there were a lot of conversations. So I'm hoping that this sort of this this PR action that they're doing by by bringing this trophy around the country is going to get people to pay attention to not just the World Cup, but to women in baseball in general. And the World Cup starts August 22nd in Vieira, Florida. And I so wish I could go. I just want to add that the U.S. hasn't won this since 2006, but five members of that team are on the current roster. So I'm wondering if it's including the two women that you talked to. 
the the U.S. is ranked number three right now, behind Japan is number one. Canada is number two, and that's a really big deal in Canada right now. They're actually seeing a surge in organized girls baseball. More teams are forming. More more leagues are actually being able to to form with teams playing against each other. And I've seen a couple articles lately that I'll definitely put out there on our. On our Facebook feed, but I think we can learn something from that as a country, and and maybe we need to invest more. Like you're saying, that girls are funneled into softball. Why not baseball from the get go? And why not co-ed baseball as well? There's been some weird stuff happening. There was another article, actually, I think it was in Canada, where there was a playoff. And a team wasn't allowed to play because they had two girls, and it was a boys' league or a boys' competition. So that makes absolutely no sense. If the girls are able to play, if they're on the team, why not? One thing that's happening on July 22nd, beginning July 22nd, is Women in Baseball Week. So hopefully there'll be a big push to, in addition to just this trophy going around, to actually make it very visible that women play baseball and there should be more ways for them to do it. And we're going to be part of that. We're going to have some interviews on here. We'll be talking about women in baseball. There's lots of cool stuff that will be going on. I have an emergency grooming situation to mention that is not at all affecting any women in baseball. It's the Frank Zappa facial hair situation of Tanner Rourke's. He shaved it all off. He only lasted four innings today. He uh, had 100 pitches and loaded the bases multiple times, so I think he's got to start growing the Zappa back. Ooh, was it the Zappa phase that was doing better? Like, did he do better with the Zappa cheeseburger thing than he did with the full beard? He couldn't have done worse than he did today. I'm sorry, Tanner. I love you, but it's not working for you. Time to start growing that beard again. In the week ahead, excitement, all-star excitement is building. Tonight is the night where the teams get announced. And then later on this week, we start doing our volunteer gigs for the for all-star week and seeing what's happening here in your nation's capital. I'm very excited about that. And before all that happens, I'm a little worried. There is a disturbance in the force, in the fantasy, the fantasy boyfriend baseball league force has been shaken up. And I'm, I'm, I'm shook to the core. Oh, I know what that is. That is the Tacoma Park Sox have edged you out of fourth place. Is that's what it, your NCIB team, I believe, at least at the at the start of recording, was in fifth with the Tacoma Park Sox in fourth. But you still have your other team in third, right? And Deborah's still in second, and I think I'm still in first place. This is what we call damning with faint praise. Yeah, <laughs> that is all true. But I don't have to be happy about it. We got all-star stuff going on. We got women in baseball stuff going on. We got one more week before the all-star break. So please tell your friends about this podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Please review us because if you review us, more people can find us. That would be really cool. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Think about going to our Patreon site. We need your help to keep going. And please come home, Potty Mouth. Until then, say goodnight. Good night from New York. 